So welcome back to, is this episode six? I think, yeah it is, or no, maybe it's seven, of Balancing Chaos, I've lost track already, with Kelly and Gretchen, and we have a guest today, and we'll get to her in just a minute, but just uh, wanted to start off by apologizing about the audio from last week, because I screwed up, and... I, and the microphone was not connected in the way that I thought it was, but today it should sound much better. So we should be all ready to roll with our fini- fixed audio. So I apologize for the strange sound of last week. So Kelly, do you want to introduce our guest? Sure. So I'm really excited today because we have, well, actually, she's one of my very best friends and she's also a domestic violence prosecutor. I always get twisted when I say that. And... Um, so we're going to we're going to talk to her about that and ask her and she's also a new mother and we're going to talk to her about some of those um challenges. Cool. So Shira Thank Welcome. you for having me today. <laughs> I am a, a domestic violence prosecutor down in York County. However, this is nothing associated mm-hmm. official business of, of me being an ADA, um, but just here because I am a fan of balancing Ooh. chaos. <laughs> we have fans, Kelly. Actually, I've gotten some. I've gotten some interesting feedback of people that are listening that I'm really, I like, really didn't know were listening. Or ex- I expect our like neighborhood friends to listen because we make them, but our some far flung people have listened. And so I really like that. And I was like, oh, you listen. Thank you. It's awesome. I got a text today while we were together. Uh, Shira and I were together from someone that said, oh, I tried Facebook Marketplace this weekend, posted a couple of things and made $78. Your podcast is making me money. (laughs) I use Facebook Marketplace to buy my older daughter wants a pottery wheel for Christmas. And I will tell you that I am a maximizer. So I research every purchase and there are crappy kids pottery wheels every review is like it broke it sucks it's terrible it's not a real pottery wheel and a real pottery wheel is like six hundred dollars so i went on facebook marketplace mm-hmm. pottery wheel see what i could find and they had a five hundred dollar pottery wheel at a school back home where i grew up for 75 bucks and you bought it and i bought it i sent my mom over i was like mom you gotta go to the school and you gotta take cash and i will pay you back so she went and picked it up and it is in my garage my daughter better not listen to this podcast because it will ruin her Christmas. And Shira, do you so. have a Facebook Marketplace confession? Um, <laughs> do I? My, my husband said, just sold a tractor on Facebook Marketplace. He did? <laughs> yes, well, he she, did. She texted me and said, it was, Shira has an aging dog. And she said, oh, guys, if you come up with any dog ramps, let me know. And I went from that text thread to the Facebook Market thread and sent her three dog ramps in a row but they are they only pops up in your area right and then you said oh shoot i didn't even think to look on yeah that. and unfortunately i did look in my area and there wasn't the closest they were bringing me that to like rochester new hampshire or something oh. which i wasn't so southern maine yet. probably just doesn't allow aging dogs right Pro- we have the all young. the aging dogs it's the hipster dogs only so once we send you get them up north old, exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right so let's so let's get started with talking to Shira. So you have some questions. Yes. Or some things to talk about. So Shira, Shira has a really interesting job and it's important work. Um, and I think you have to be a really special person to do it. But one of the one of the points that she was that she and I were talking about recently, and we actually talked about last week with gun violence. Um, you had read some reports that there is an association with um, mass shootings and domestic violence. And I was just wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Yes, this is something, a hot topic that um, is um, going to be started to be heavily researched now. And if you look at our mass shootings in the United States, um, 
they are doing research on it and they're trying to find out what do these mass shooters have in common? And that the biggest thing that they have in common is a domestic violence history um, or that part of mass shooting, um, there was a domestic violence correlation in it. And we know in that um, recent Texas shooting, um, the domestic violence correlation um, of being the church he went to um, had a family member in it. And when I say family member, it can be broad. I mean, in the sense, I believe it was um, the um, his significant other's grandmother or mother to something to that effect. Um, and so what we're doing now is trying to really put out if we can stop domestic violence early on, we may actually be saving hundreds of lives because they can go on to be mass shooters. Did, so have you, you might not even seen this because I think it just came up on my Twitter before I came over here, the shooting in California. I mm. um, was teaching at the uh, Maine Criminal Justice Academy yesterday and during the presentation, someone had mentioned that there was a mass shooting So there was a, a mass, school. there was a mass shooting. And so, I've, so there's two pieces. One is that they said, it was a school shooting. It wasn't a school shooting, but the Washington Post said, you know, said it was a school shooting. They couldn't. He couldn't get in because of lockdown procedures. But for six minutes, he fired at all the windows, like, and broke windows. Kids were hit inside with breaking glass. So, to that I say, so no child died in a, in that school from a shooting. But I said you have a school full of kids who spent six minutes mm-hmm. knowing that someone was trying to get in and kill them, mm-hmm. which is going to be a whole level of trauma. The second piece popped up just before I came over here, which is that. They just found the body of that shooter's wife under the floorboards of his home. Ah, oh. yep, and that's a lot. That so it ties in last week, and it tie, like it's all connected. And if you just even like Google it, you'll see the articles that have been coming out um, recently about the correlation between domestic violence and um, <clears throat> uh, mass shooters. Oh yeah. So what do you think? I guess I get a little depressed when we talk about all these topics. Not not necessarily on this podcast, but just in my life and at work, especially. Um, we, you had said in this, the statistics for the state of Maine are that we rank ninth nationally for domestic violence deaths. What do you think, how are we going to prevent this from happening altogether? How are we going to reduce domestic can I, can violence? Can I ask a question to go on with that? Yeah. How do we, how does domestic violence homicide rank in Maine? I would think it's up, like, it has to be like number one or two in the, like if you're, if you're murdered, it's probably by someone yes it's most likely by someone you know and um we do we're lucky in the state of maine we do have low crime rate um and we have a low homicide rate too um however um the homicides in maine half of them are domestic violence related um and that that's a pretty high percentage so um in maine if you're um if you're murdered you're most likely to be murdered by someone that um you once loved or you still loved at the time and for I don't want to say like mass killings, but I think that's what they call it. But there was a like the family in Dexter where the husband killed the ex-wife and two children and then himself. And then there was um, there was one up in Aroostook County where the boyfriend came and attacked several members of the girlfriend's family and some died and some lived. So in those especially those mass killings, it seems like they're almost and this is not a statistic because I don't know them off the top of my head, but it seems like they're almost always related to domestic Incidences. Yeah, and there was. Um, I think they define mass um, mass murder as four people or more. That might that might be the federal of how they qualify mass murder. Um, and I know there was um, a recent one, and it wasn't in my area, um, where they found like the police found someone dead on the side of the road, and it ended up being like a neighbor helping a victim of domestic violence out, and then um, 
the defendant um, had killed her, the neighbor, and someone else, like a home health person, someone else that was at the house. Um, and so all of these are domestic violence related, even though this neighbor is not, you know, a family or household right. member as we define it um, in our law. Um, but it's all connected to domestic violence because the person, the reason that person was murdered is because they were helping out this domestic violence victim. As far as your question, Kelly, how do we stop this or how do we reduce this? I mean, it's a loaded question because, you know, I think if I knew it, I would try to do it. Um, However, I think we are right now absolutely putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Mm. Um, We have done, I mean, think about how much money we spend on combating domestic violence um, just in like, just state of Maine of how many domestic violence agencies we have. We're employing them. I mean, the state of Maine itself, literally federal funds, grants, paying for prosecutors' positions to um, combat um, domestic violence. Um, and if we could literally just have our communities, I, I mean, I would like to take a radical approach <laughs> in a sense. And I, think I like that, radical. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, literally, if we just, we... I mean, I'm going to bring up, I know nothing. I am not the prosecutor. It's not even in my county about, I don't know if you guys, it's in the Bangor, Alex Gray, mm-hmm. um, who um, is, I don't know his position with the waterfront concerts or what is he even called? Is it called waterfront concerts? He, he owns the, he owns the, the concerts themselves and he owns the company that books the concerts. Okay. And so his aff- affiliation, and um, again, I know nothing about the case except what everyone else um, knows on this. But here we have, um, you know, someone that I would say is a prominent figure um, in the Bangor. And then the, you know, Bangor did do a contract. And I know if they didn't, I mean, financially, mm-hmm. it would probably ruin Bangor. Mm-hmm. But at what point, what would he have had to do for Bangor to say, nope, we're not going to contract with them? Did he, if he did, you know, if he. You know, it's almost a metaphor for domestic violence in general, though. Because when I think about it, I think about, again, my rural Washington County upbringing. And in Bangor, there are women's shelters, there's services in Bangor. And I, and maybe there are services that I just don't know about because my family never needed them in Washington County. But I think, so if your choice is to leave and lose your financial support and lose this, what is making your life better, or stay and hope it doesn't happen again so the Alex Ray thing is almost like a metaphor for that in many ways because it because the concerts have been a huge mm-hmm. economic engine for our area mm-hmm. and there's and then you have this one person who is mm-hmm. we don't have to say alleged anymore right because he I forget what he pled. Yeah. But. So he pled guilty, which I think was the worst guilty plea ever because you hear him goes, but he maintains his innocence. And what he did is it was called a deferred disposition. Is he on? Okay. And by law, he has to plead guilty if he wants the deferred disposition. Um, and then he gets a dis, will get dismissed at the end of the term. I don't know how long it was, if it was a year deferred disposition or not. But I can't, if you notice in the words, so he had to say the words guilty because by law to get this deferred disposition, he had to. But then he turns around and says, but I disagree with everything that was in the police report and, right. you know, maintains his innocence in the newspaper. So, right. So, mm. so, you know, I also, I mean, I do have the, the part of me that is the most Christian part of me for an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that, imagine what you're going to say, Gretchen. Is that, well, I mean, I, I always have hope that people can do better next time. Yeah. You know, like, like at what point is it, no, there. It's never going to be better. At what point is it that you know? No, I've, I've. What's the, what's the church word? 
sinned? Repented. Oh yeah, no, repented that, for like your a, sins. I've repented for my sins. Yeah. I'm a better person. This won't happen again. So I do kind of try to hope that people have the capacity to change. Um, but I, but that, but do but they? I, but this, this <laughs> is know, a, what's, is there a recidivism? Well, this is the statistic? debate. So I will tell the listeners that I'm sitting at a table. Maybe I shouldn't even confess this with two people who are vehemently against Chick Fil A. <laughs> Solidarity, no Chick Fil A. I have been yelled at numerous occasions by both Gretchen and Shira. I have never for, yelled. No, I'm, I'm using yell. I'm. It's a inflammatory. It's an inflammatory <laughs> word, but I have been informed of their feelings of my support of chicken eaten at Chick Fil A because, well. Because of your, no, you can say, state your own position on it. But I, it's interesting to me because I, I, I see these as very similar issues. And when this first case came up with the waterfront concerts, I felt really sad personally because I don't want to support a, I don't want to support domestic violence in any form. But yet, for the city of Bangor, the waterfront concerts have essentially revitalized the city. In yeah. every way. I mean, it's changed the city. I mean, when I went away and came back, this was a completely different city. And I, a lot of people say it's because it's a casino. Well, I also don't want to give the casino credit. So I'd like to credit it to that. But then it, it, it's heartbreaking to me to think that, you know, we have someone struggling with domestic violence. And again, I also think this is related to mental health, which we talked about in the last episode. I think that our mental health services are poor. And I think he was intoxicated at the time. Um, Which is not an excuse. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but I'm just saying I think that all feeds back into poor mental health. Infrastructure in our society at large is an unhealthy society that leads to unhealthy behaviors and outcomes. Part so so I so I don't go to we probably don't go to Chick Fil A for many of the same reasons, and that as a corporation they have supported anti equality measures and things like that, which I am all for equality and that's what I want. So. My thing with that is that Chick-fil-A as a company is saying, this is what we support. When you come to a situation like the concerts, it's owned by Alex Gray, and I obviously do not support domestic violence, but the company really stepped back and said, you know, this does not represent our organization, and they are a big organization now. Mm -hmm. Um, If he was a performer, I probably wouldn't pay to go see him perform, but it's harder when you put it in the context of this you know he's part of this big organization if the if chick-fil-a was awesome and open seven days a week and and did not use their corporate money to support anti-equality but one of their franchise owners did i would not boycott chick-fil-a i might boycott that franchise but i wouldn't boycott the company that's kind of where my that's where my line is drawn mm. i don't know about you Shara, but. It, well it's just hard because you know we're talking about kelly asked the question is like what do you know what can we do to stop domestic violence? Well, what we're doing right now, we know is not working. Right. No. So, and we have no clue of actually how big a problem this is. I mean, we see a little portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I may see more because it's my daily work, but I'm still seeing a little portion. You guys probably hardly see it. You mm-hmm. see it in the news and, you know, that may be it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a humongous problem. And I'm a, to really, if we really want to be serious, like we want to stop domestic violence. We have to take a radical approach, just like, do we want to stop gun violence? We don't know what the answer is, but we need to start changing something. So I know you guys <laughs> talked about gun violence last time, mm-hmm. and you talked about, like, you know, semi-automatic guns, getting rid of them. Like, let's just, and I'm I'm for them, like, hey, let's try it out for a year. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's say, 
you know, let's try it for two years. Sorry, you know, you guys can still hunt with your rifles, things like that. Um, anything that you have to um, load multiple times, uh, load and get multiple bullets fired. Let's just outlaw them for a few years. Isn't it worth the try just to, just to mm-hmm. see? Even if it saves, if it saves one life, mm-hmm. yeah. then wasn't that worth it to that one person? Exactly, and that's what I feel like with domestic violence is we have to. So let's just try. Hey. You're accused of you're um, you know guilty of domestic violence. Let's run you out of town. Let's mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. you are done with everything. You're done with it, mm-hmm. and let's see. I mean, because all what is it gonna? I mean, we have to do something. And if we just keep doing what we're doing, and we're just taking these little approaches, like maybe you know I'm going around and training new officers, and you know we're doing collaborative stuff, or um, you know new things are popping up um, nationwide. But literally, that is going at this rate. 100 years from now, maybe we've, you know, reduced it some. So to get serious, I think radical ideas need to be done. And things like the Alex Gray situation, who's still associated um, with this um, this big business, I don't think is all right. I think yeah. let's let's take this approach and let's try it. Let's try it. And then, yes, um, you know, financially, different towns may be hurt but also could you imagine if reduced domestic violence how much money we're actually saving in the long run of so many things mm-hmm. that are um, affiliated with domestic violence and we can put it back into things like this Part and I think part of me the cynical side of me is that even if we ran him out of town nothing would change like I like that's like okay mm-hmm. so he'd be gone but I feel like there's so there's it's such um, it's such a huge problem mm-hmm. that Nothing would be changed, and I wouldn't get to see Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, well, he's just one per, and I'm saying we'd all. Right. You're just using that as a yeah, because right. right. he would have to. It would have to the exact same time. Everything like that would have to. Um, you know, it's just absolutely no. That person, it's it happens one time. You're done. I mean, you're pretty much done in the society of getting jobs, anything. Right. And we have to support those victims so much for this to be successful right. because financially, sometimes they're very dependent, and it's like exactly their worth. You know, with the children stuff like that, we have to help that victim so much um, that to, to actually make that work. And I mean, I think the cost is even is much greater than we're even recognizing at the surface because adverse childhood experiences, I don't know if we've talked about in this podcast, but it's we call it ACEs in healthcare. And there's numerous strong research to support that the higher your ACE score, which ACEs any adverse event in... So like that school full of kids that were exactly. shot for six months? Exactly. That's what I was thinking too when you said <laughs> that. So that would... Um, a divorce of a parent, um, a death of a parent, being abused as a child emotionally, sexually, physically, all of those... Um, contribute to your ACE score and the higher your ACE score it's directly correlated with chronic health and every chronic health disease when you're older basically your health is dependent on your childhood so if you're being raped molested physically or emotionally abused as a child that is a cost to society not only in healthcare costs but also um, in economic productivity and ability to you know Contribute. Contribute to society. (laughs) So that's why I get really frustrated, and this is where I turn. It's so funny because I get, just last week, I was called a um, brainwashed Republican (laughs) and a raging liberal all in the same week. But this That's is pretty hard to do, right? I was, I thought you feel like oh, a badge for each of them. Oh, and then I loved it because I kept saying, "No, actually, I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat." So, but this is where I get really frustrated with healthcare reform specifically because 
we look at adults when they're adults as adults and say, well, why can't they go get a job? What's their problem? Like, why are they homeless? And I hear this all the time, and we see it in our neighborhood thread. People Mm -hmm. will yell at homeless people about all of these issues that are completely unwarranted and really frustrating. And 99% unrelated to the homeless population in any way. But people don't just... People like you or I don't just wake up and become homeless. I mean, these people who have horrible childhoods are much more likely to become homeless. They're much more likely to become addicted to drugs. They're much more likely uh, to need social services. So we look at them as adults and think, like, you piece of crap. Like, what is wrong with you? But we don't look at the two-year-old child that's getting molested by all the mother's boyfriends. And we never think about, like, how the childhood experiences affects the outcome. And, the, and then the other piece, too, when you say the mother's boyfriends, I also th- feel like you hear it from the situation where I feel like I've heard this several times in these cases where the mother has to have a job and her job is shift work and she can't afford daycare. Yes. So the nice old guy that lives in the apartment next door says, oh, I'll watch your girls. That's right. totally fine. I've seen that story in the Bangor papers before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, no, it turns out actually because he knows and he sees it. He's like, yeah. I have something you need. You have something I want. Mm-hmm. And she's just like well he's kind of creepy you know you can see her brain like he's kind of creepy but I need to go work or else I won't have a place to live so I hope that nothing happens and then you find out that something has happened and that's you know and that stuff is happening all over because we don't support single mothers and you know we don't support Mm -hmm. we don't have quality childcare at the times that people can work and all that kind of stuff and we hear actually children we um who've been sexually assaulted by let's say a stepfather somebody um you know why didn't you you know the question is usually asked by police like who did you report it to um and then usually why didn't you want to tell your mom we want to know further or why didn't you tell police and it's usually is because they saw that they're they knew that if they reported the stepfather whoever was going to be taken out of their home and that they didn't think their mom could be able to you know financially or whatever um, really take care of themselves and the children um, if the stepfather or whoever was taken out of the home so we children yeah. even recognize it and that's why they actually don't talk sometimes because they're protecting their mom exactly exactly I actually was just pointed out the um, the Shaw house to to Ingrid the, and I'm like that's the teen homeless shelter mm-hmm. and she was like what do you mean I, What that doesn't make sense like she was like like there are people that don't live with that don't or can't live with their why why can't they just go live with their parents like why mm-hmm. what world is this that you're exposing me to and I was like well maybe their parents are abusive or their parents won't let them live with them or maybe their parents can't take care of them and so it's easier to not have a home than to be with their parents and her mind was just blown but well I was with um, I was at this I was touring a facility and at a meeting last week and I heard these crazy stats. So 170,000 people in Maine live on less than $12,000 a year annually. But of that, 170,000, five became homeless. 5,000 became homeless last year. And the majority of the 5,000, it's people who have aged out of the foster system. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have any natural family supports anymore. And, you know, one of the reasons to get into the foster system is an assault or right, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd know more than I would, but that would be my assumption. So, so I do, I do, I don't know. I'm with you on the issue. Is I definitely agree with a radical fix, but I get really sad when I think about it and depressed almost because I just feel like I don't know what the radical solution is. I mean, yeah, we can run, we can definitely run, you know, prominent people out of town. But like, what about these hidden cases that people don't talk about? Which you, you know, when you. 
people confess that happened in your family. And then if you run the prominent people out of town and they have been employing a hundred people right. for five years and now those people don't have jobs so now they have that financial instability like it's such a it's such a it's such a big problem and it's hard to understand exactly how to confront it and how to wrap your brain around it like I don't know how I don't know how I, I don't I could not do it as a career every day to try to look mm-hmm. at it every day because I feel like to me it'd be like looking at it'd be like if I was standing in front of my my washing machine and I threw a load in. I turned around. There was another load there. That's what, and I'd be like, I don't even have this much clothes. Where? And then mm-hmm. I would start another load, and it would just be like this: the laundry pile would be growing, and I couldn't do the laundry fast enough. Is how it would feel to me. Yeah, I don't. I never. It's rare. I actually look at the big picture. Like when Kelly first started off, how do you stop about like? Ah, I don't know. Even though I'm supposed to be an expert in domestic violence, but I really think of it, it's almost like. A civil war needs to happen. Oh, you know something that radical. Don't say that. <laughs> but I mean, but look at from yeah. the civil war, yeah. what happened? Progression. Yeah. You know, and it's what we're doing. Absolutely, I have no faith that what we're doing now, we're going to end up. Has with have no you seen violence. anything? <coughs> excuse me. Have you seen anything work? Have you had any instances where you saw something that made a tiny dent in that pile of laundry? Oh, like a second washing machine. Yeah, we, I mean, <laughs> no, not 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 really. But I mean, I do go to a lot of national conferences, and there's things nationally that other states are doing that I try to then come back to Maine and implement. But I I still see it as another band aid. Maybe it's that second band aid that's now being put on this bullet hole. Right. But nothing that I mean, the numbers are so high. They're so high um, that there's there's nothing that's going to even come close to cutting it to a drastic measure. I just this is this is a little bit of a radical thought but I I wonder just about the physiology of and I hate to target men cuz I know that women have been acute you know there have been women who have been charged and found guilty I don't you want to use the sure. inaccurate terms of assaults but the statistics show that it's more likely a man correct, correct. yeah okay yeah overwhelming so um, the way men are physiologically wired sex is a fundamental need. It's like water and food, right? So it is. I mean, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so I just, I wonder... Do you like men or humans? Well, humans, but men... <laughs> that's a good clarity. well, I mean, clarification. Like, well I'm just thinking. You don't need sex, Well, because Maslow's hierarchy of needs... <laughs> yes. It generally is inclusive. It is, absolutely. But <laughs> men, men have hormonally a greater desire and need for sex, whereas women could go, you know, a lot longer and could care less, <laughs> right? So I wonder sure. if, I just wonder if part of this physiologically is playing into it. No? Of why men abuse women? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't, I, my guess would not be any medical reason why. I think there's just, I think there's a lot of societal reasons. So, like, you have you have sons and I have daughters. We had this conversation mm. at the house the other night about how <laughs> all these stories are coming out and how you know, like, and my husband is awesome. And I was like, you don't feel this as personally as I do, and you don't feel, and because I feel it personally as a woman, I've had these experiences. And I look at my daughters and I'm like, God, I don't want you to have these experiences, but you probably are going to. Mm-hmm. You probably are because that's just going to happen. So when you see all this toxic masculinity. You know, my husband is very much not a toxic, toxically masculine guy at all. But he was also raised by a single mother and mm. two sisters. And I really feel like 
that has something to do with it because mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't have an example of a father to emulate and so he's ended up being the most awesome father and partner and it's been great but he doesn't feel it like I do looking at daughters so their thing the other night it was you know my all my friends seem to have boys and so they were you well how do you phrase it because you phrased it well sometimes I I think that media the media it's really a lot of it's the media there's a media portrayal and then women too especially women who have daughters there's like an there's just an automatic hatred of men or that men are lesser than and there are a couple examples um the the woman that we were that Gretchen and I were talking with she had she had read this on this Facebook thread that a little boy had touched a little girl's dress in class and she went home and told her mom and her mom said next time he touches your dress kick him so hard in the balls that he needs to go to the hospital and she was like that was a little extreme and then um her son had was on the playground and the the girls were singing uh girls go to venus to get more genius boys go to jupiter to get more stupider which we had this when we were kids but the kids her boys felt like if the words were reversed and the genders were reversed the teachers would have stopped it but because it's like somewhat now okay to kind of attack men so then i haven't told you this one but my um son my older son has a friend who is a girl and she was over on sunday and completely unsolicited because obviously i wasn't having this conversation with them she came up to me and said, did you know my friend's mom said girls rule, boys drool? And I said, oh, really? And she goes, isn't that mean? And I go, yeah, that is mean. And she goes, can you believe an adult said that? <laughs> and she's a six-year-old girl. So that's the kind of messaging I'm talking about. Like, just putting a blanket term on all men that they all suck. Because I hope my boys I'm raising to be respectable men. And I don't want them to be... Well, part of it too is like, trade and, and is I don't, person there and I don't, I, I definitely don't make the blanket thing all men. But yeah. when you watch the news, the reason why it's story after story after story of asshole men is because more men are assholes and <laughs> <laughs> don't spit out your teeth. But they are. So it's like right now we're in the midst of the Roy Moore thing and the Harvey White, and there are some fantastic Christian responses, by the way, to the Roy Mm -hmm. Moore thing. And I texted you one of them, and it was a Twitter response that said, if we have a problem believing the word of a teenage girl, then we have to pack up the nativity set and go away. Yeah, that was an awesome one. I thought it was great. And then he said, you know, so first it started off with the girl, and then like other girls, and they said, well, yeah, we all knew, and actually the mall banned him because he was so creepy with teenage girls, and actually... You know, the YMCA banned him because he was so creepy with girls, and everyone knew, but meanwhile, he just got higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and nobody ever like kneecapped him and said no you're a creep with teenage girls so maybe you shouldn't be a DA maybe you shouldn't be a senator maybe you shouldn't be a judge they even told him not to be a judge and he still got to be a judge I don't understand that but but all these people knew and the more they started talking like well okay we all have to say yeah we knew you know, and it's so that's the same with the crazy. Alex Gray situation. So let's say he committed domestic violence assault again, and it yeah. came. Well, let's say it was reported again. Then you know, it, would you guys then go to waterfront concerts if they kept him on? 
third time, then we find out right. a sexual assault. Was it a third time? I thought no, it was just the first time. No, I'm saying. Oh. So let's say the first time. Let's say, Kelly, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you do, but I could see you still going. <laughs> oh, you're teaching uh, me. I am. Uh, I actually take this mm-hmm. domestic violence much more. I would be much more likely to ban a company because of this than I will be because of the homosexual marriage, which I know we've had a fight about before or a disagreement about before. But just because I think I understand the religious aspects of why people strong faith Christians believe in um, and, and marriages between a man and a woman not that I believe that but I, I can at least understand it so to me it's not as radical as a man sh- shoving a woman's face off the tar five times and almost killing her you know that's just where I draw my lines but that I mean the same with that you know uh, they knew the YMCA at what point you know with, right. should they abandon and I'm saying the same thing in this situation at what point does the city of Bangor says no we're out this you gotta get this guy we're done mm-hmm. what point it, yeah. I'm saying it's one it's yeah. one and that's when yeah. it stops it's number it's the first time and it's again it's the first time that's come to the police's attention and that mm-hmm. you know a case has proceeded okay I have a question for the two of you because I know you're <laughs> We'd have to call Shira an extreme liberal too, probably. I don't know though. I think on social issues, yeah. Um, fi- fiscal issues, maybe not as much, but yes, yeah, social issues. Don't mess with her. Okay. She might not even be as nice as you, Gretchen, about social issues. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. So here's my question to the two of you. I always thought throughout the campaign, the Clinton campaign, Hillary Clinton campaign that it was not beneficial to the campaign to have Bill, like, front and center. What are your thoughts on that as liberals? Because an article just came out that we that I read that was very interesting because I think it was in you response... to me. It was in response yeah. to this senator. Yeah. Um, and they... And so, Republican... You know, Democrats are attacking Republicans. Republicans attacking Democrats. And everyone's basically saying your exact point that all parties need to not ever promote or endorse candidates who have but records i will but i think the difference for me is that the people that he had relations with were adults <laughs> it was consensual it was consensual and they were adults okay you know like i i mean like how old was monica Lewinsky? like 23 do you remember being 23 and all of a sudden you're 23 and you're in the white house and you could go home and be like guess what i did but don't you think that's a misabuse of his power, too? Have you ever seen him in person? No. To talk? I actually went to one of his re-election rallies. This is like, in 96. And I went with my best friend. We st- it was over here in Bangor. And we stood in line outside for, like, hours. And we just went because we were like, well, whatever. We don't have anything to do. We, you know, we're young. Like, 21. And we went. And it was crazy. Like, like he definitely has a charisma. And he, like, the electricity in the room. And if she listens to this, she will remember that night. And we were like... A mile away. But he just was like, oh, hey, he's great. Like, he had this charisma. And it was after that that this all came up. But I remember her and I being like, yeah, I can see that. Like, yeah, he's old, like our dads. But he just definitely had... So you want to have sex with Bill Clinton? No, This I is don't. what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, I don't. Thank you very much. You can see how but people I can see, would. But I can see how a 21-year-old yeah. who's in the White House who could, like... Like, I could do, like, I could do this right now? Like, well, I could, I, I don't know, I can picture it. Because we all know that those 21-year-olds don't have their frontal cortex formed yet. Yeah. So their decision-making is poor. But they are not teenagers. They are adults. They're consenting adults. They were all consenting adults. And so he was unfaithful to his wife. 
Okay? Yeah, that sucks. Mm -hmm. That part sucks. But he was not... I don't I don't necessarily see it as abuse. Because, you know, she, I, I don't think even... I don't think she saw it as abuse, necessarily. Maybe older, she's like, wow. Maybe he took advantage of somebody who was young, but she wasn't a kid. That's how I see it. What do you think, Shara? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there is, um, you know, a difference in power in that relationship. Yeah. Um, not good judgment, you know, no. on his part whatsoever. <laughs> um, but I hate that when we talk about Hillary Clinton, this is what we have to talk about. I know. And this is, I think, part of it. You know, like, Hillary Clinton, she's a strong woman. Mm-hmm. You know, look at her, what she's done. Look at, you know, her background, her education. And that, you know, when we talk about her election, stuff like that, what does it go back to? It goes back mm-hmm. to Bill Clinton. And it shouldn't, you know. Do you think Meanwhile, our current president is known to have, like, gone to the teenager dressing rooms because he owned them because of the pageants and all that kind of stuff and that has been like if it comes back to if it even if it comes back to Bill Clinton Bill is here and everybody on the Trump train is like up here and they're and my hands are low and then high because I'm talking with my hands on a podcast but you know they're like and like one of the other things they're saying is like you know well Paul Moore or whatever his name is I can't remember his name Moore should step aside and you know, they're all saying this, but they're saying, okay, well, if he should step aside for this, then why not the 16 allegations that we know of for Trump? Why is he not forced to step aside? Because he has a confessed on video to being a predator. I didn't get this. I didn't. I never got yeah, the sense. That, I never got the sense that Monica Lewinsky was attacked. I listen. I don't want to get going on Trump because I. He's not my friend, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I wonder how it affected her campaign and also do you think because it's very interesting she made the decision to stay with him you know when that happened Mm -hmm. back when he was a president do you think had she made a different choice the recent election would have had a different outcome i don't think so no i think do you think he just screwed her life by doing that no i don't think i think it was i think that misogyny um and racism played, played way more of a of a decision in that race than Bill Clinton. I think it's just easy to be like, yeah, well, what the what about what about ism? Well, what about him? Mm-hmm. But no, look at the if you look at the breakdown of the vote by race, white women are who voted in Trump. Mm-hmm. Like white men were exceedingly for Trump. White women were black women and black men were like 96% for Clinton, but white women were still like 60% for Trump. And I'm and I look and I'm just like, what why, I, like it leaves me speechless to think that you would could be a woman and do that but I also think a lot of them are women who were just went oh honey who are we voting for okay I'll check it off this is who we're voting for because he said so you know and here we are <laughs> looking at that mountain of laundry yeah I think that <laughs> all the emails because the media hyped that up too I think that affected it but anyway we got off topic about the domestic <laughs> violence so I so, so I have a question do you have another dom- no okay so I have a question because you're a new mother so when I first had my daughter the um, Iraq war was still happening and every night the news ended with Bob Schieffer who I love and is my celebrity grandpa crush because Jerry Orbach died but he would end it with America's Fallen Heroes and every night they ended with a soldier who had been killed in combat or whatever and I would be crying and I like finally was like I can't watch the news because my hormones were like out of control I'm talking about biology like there was definitely I couldn't read Jodi Pico novels for like three years like during pregnancy and breastfeeding I couldn't watch Criminal Minds no way 
can't I can't still can't don't even like watching that because Criminal Minds is always look at this totally normal thing that's happening and oh no now you're getting murdered it always is a murder that sneaks up on you so and the news so have you have you gone back to work full time yet I've not you've not no, I'm on maternity leave still how are you how are you feeling as a new mom about to go stare at this you know mountain of domestic violence laundry um, as far as just going back to work I just you know, it's it feels overwhelming in the sense of I work very long hours mm-hmm. and I'm not if I want to see my daughter during, you know, at all during a day, I'm going to have to leave work earlier than right. I than I used to. Um, so that part feels very overwhelming in the thought about, like, dropping her off at daycare and like, mm. oh, God, your husband do that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, my, husband, um, my yeah. husband and I carpool together. Oh, okay. um, so we will hopefully in most days we carpool together. Um, and so we'll have each other, um, I guess, to walk in and do that. And that's like the biggest. I have not. I Kelly knows my personality. Mm-hmm. People that know me. I present very serious mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean to be. <laughs> um, but, and my family laughs like that I have a, we joke around that I have like a really cold heart because things, it would take a lot for me to cry. As my sisters, I have two sisters, they're totally different. They watch, you know, a, they read a, Joey, a Jody P. Got, um book and they would cry in a second and I've read quite a few and I've never cried. <laughs> like whatever, uh, it's fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, this is us. She told me, Shira said, you've got to watch This Is Us. It's so good. I watched it. I text her. I'm pulling every episode. She, she's okay. Then she tells. So we're in this group. Then our other friend goes, "Oh, me too." Shira goes, "What are you guys crying about?" Like it's all of it. It's so so heartbreaking. And so I like watch the news, and I don't know. I don't like. I don't show those outward um, emotions, um, and I don't mean to feel like present as cold because obviously this is a lot of what I do is domestic violence and so someone even asked me like how do you do this and stuff like that and I I think I really compartmentalize Mm -hmm. like when I go home I don't you know I'm I I have a great home life I have an amazing husband now we have an amazing um child we're very active and I you know it actually has been brought and I don't know maybe that will because I do um I prosecute um sexual assault cases too of children, domestic violence, and that includes um, um, child abuse cases. Um, so I, w- I don't know, will that affect, because now I have this child? I, unfortunately, I don't think it will, um, because I really do just come home and I, my life is separate than, than my work. Um, I will tell you some advice when you go back to work. <laughs> so here's my advice I give to all mothers when they start to go back to work. Because it is like, those are the first days are going to suck. And you're going to be like, oh. And no, you won't. You'll be like, oh, great. I get to like get the bad guys. But it can be like, that drop-off is, can be tough. I actually really did have Dave do the drop-offs forever. Um, and I got to do the pickups. And you're always excited to see me, <laughs> usually. But <clears throat> there will be days when you're sitting at work and you're going to be like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I'm at work. I <laughs> finished my whole cup of tea while it was warm. Yeah. Nobody threw up on me. This is, nobody's crying. Well, actually, your line of work, you'll probably have people crying. But, you, like, there are some days where you're like, oh, thank God. And it is like, and then you're refreshed to go and pick up your child and be like, all right, we're good. So that is my advice for, whenever I hear someone's go back to work, I see them all, and also my other advice is that if you're breastfeeding, don't hang a sign on your door that says, I'm pumping. Because you don't need you don't hang a sign that says I've gone to the bathroom to pee. You just close your door. I'm unavailable. And there you go. And we have. Um, I don't really actually. I am um, breastfeeding, and I con- plan to continue. And I 
don't really know where I will be breast or pumping yet at my workplace, but it's funny because where our offices are, um, so we're a public office um, and literally anybody can just walk into our office. Um, and we I share an office with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Wow. People, we have like big rooms because we really talk about cases. Right. Um, and in that, dis, um, defense attorneys come in our office all the time. Um, just your doors constantly open and stuff. And so I was like talking to somebody. I was laughing about. Well, I need a, if they don't find me a place, I guess I'll just have to do it right there. And you know, defense attorneys come in, and then case is over. I win because they're just going to turn around and go. I'm not going any farther. <laughs> I had that happen to me. So when I my first daughter, the office I was in was an open office, and I had like a cubicle, and my cube had like a service window, and people would come to that to ask me questions, and that was where I pumped. I, they didn't have like a pumping room or anything at the time, so I tacked up a piece of fabric over that little service window, and I'd hook up and I'd sit there, and we had work study out front, and the work I'd be like, hey, going to pump, and I always saw it very much as a I'm showing these like 18 year old girls what it looks like to be a working mom like I was like I'm not gonna be embarrassed because if I'm embarrassed it sets a bad example for the future so they just they knew about pumping forever so I would sit there and pump so one time a dean came in and the girls out front were like no uh, you can't no you can't you know she's busy you can't go back there and he was like oh I just need to talk to her for a second and he comes by and I'm literally like lean back in my chair, both horns on, and he pulls back the curtain and he looks at me and he looks at my boobs and he looks at me and he looks at my boobs. And I had only been there for two months. It was right when I very first started. And I'm going, uh, excuse me. All I could say was, excuse me. And I'm like, excuse me, uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And he could not figure it out at all. And finally, like the works I were like, she's busy. And I was like, you can come back later. And so he finally walked away. And that was one of my experiences. And he never really knew what was going on. Another time we had, I, another woman in my building was had a baby and was pumping like a year later. And she did not have an office she could pump in. So we set up a cubby in our open office, like in the back for her. And someone came like, oh, I heard, I heard uh, Jamie was down here. And she, he just like walks around and he turned the corner and she went, no. <laughs> and he was bright red, walked away. But I was like, no, we're normalizing breastfeeding. If you're not going to make it happen. Is We're it the same, it same guy? No, different guy. Oh my god! And then the and the, the dean that I had, his he had his first grandchild like a year later. I'm like, I bet he knows what I was doing now. Now that he's probably like, is that <laughs> well, dialysis? If you, had, going on? if you had never seen that, you couldn't even I mean, process like, it. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, it is a wacky contraption. And I had I've had an I had an adjunct come in just this semester. Actually, she came in to see me about something. She comes in and she drops the bag, and I looked at it, and I was like, Are they giving you a good place to pump? You can use my office. If she was like. Yeah, I'm good. I'm like, all right, just making sure I know the bag. Yeah. So it's that little badge of new motherhood that we watch out for. So when, so when, how, when will you be going back to work? I'm going back um, January 2nd, so right after the New Year's. Um, I, she's two months. She was born September 16th, um, but I'm working somewhat from home. I have an appeal I'm doing, so I'm going to be writing a brief. Um, and I do a lot of state of ma- statewide trainings on domestic mm-hmm. violence. Um, so I didn't want to cancel any of my trainings I was doing too. So gradually going in. So um, luckily my um, I have my mom and my in-laws that That's will nice. come over to the house so I can be typing away because I had such high hopes of what I was going to get done. I'm <laughs> uh, Um No, actually she told us she told us in our friend thread 
that she was going to train for a marathon while on maternity leave. No, while I was pregnant. No. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was training for a did marathon have, when I was did pregnant. You guys tell oh, her we, or did you just like we, let her wait? We took it to a private thread and we were like, she is freaking crazy. We told her she was crazy and then we were like, she's really freaking crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, maternity leave always seems like like a vacation like when you're looking at it from one side you're like this would be great we have all this time I have to get up and go to work and you know and then it becomes like a vacation where like the best day is when you actually get the shower and leave the house in the same day um that was my experience anyway but it is I saw something that said you know if they and it is true like there are like these workplaces that say oh bring your child to work and, and like I've had to bring a kid mm. to a meeting or bring them in before a doctor's appointment but I saw something like it says if you bring your child to work you're saying one of them isn't important right because you really do need to be able to focus on both parts. And so the only, you know, the times I've brought my kids to work really are just so mostly they can be familiar with where I spend all my days away from them. So they'll come in and they'll do, you know, they'll come in and have breakfast and then go to their doctor's appointment and then they go to school or whatever. So they come in for like an hour here and there. They don't usually come in for full days, but I know that sometimes that accommodation has to be made, but I always think of that in the back of my head. One of these things isn't important. Well, it's really hard to do both. I mean, well, I mean, because I've had my kids at work before, out of necessity and I'm not really working the same way I would be if they weren't there totally (laughs) you know but it's great that you can do it if you have to so (laughs) so do we want to move on to our favorite things let's do it okay so what's your favorite thing Shira um, my favorite thing recently is I did read a book. I'm in a book club also awesome. in Southern Maine. I used to be in that so, book. I'm pretty psyched that you read a book recently. Yes, with a new baby. That's good. Yes. Well, <laughs> actually, no. What I should say is, <laughs> I listened to it on tape on the way to a conference. <laughs> that worked. Um, and it was um, the book is um, the Year of Living Danishly, mm-hmm. and it's about um, she's from England, her and her husband, and they move um, to Denmark, and they're supposed to be the happiest um, country in the world and so she talks all about um, why the she studied she's a journalist and about she compares um, Denmark to the United States and a lot about school healthcare I mean they go into all the issues um, and I found it fascinating and I don't know the author because I did listen to it on tape and so I don't have I'll a book I'll look it up I'll yeah. put it in the show notes I can't remember I'm 72% into that book as well because Shira recommended it I love the it. percent I know well because the, the Kindle mm-hmm. but it. the I Started off the book, and I thought, this is what we need in the United States. I want the, everything about it. I want to move there immediately. It's everything I talk about. And 72% in, you think? Well, there were some... <laughs> I was surprised about some things. Like, their divorce rate's quite high. And I thought, how the heck can your divorce rate be high? You guys have everything. Maybe that's why it's high. And what's... Well, this circles way back to domestic violence. If you know you can leave and not have to worry about your rent, your food, your health care. And she talks about that, That's of why. True. That's true. That maybe they are happy because they're, yeah. nope, I'm not happy in this relationship. I have to move on. I don't have to stay for any other reason yeah. except for my own happiness. That's true. What was the other thing that wasn't very good? One of it, one was the divorce rate. And well, was, the darkness, because they're, they're, oh, they're yeah, very but we have that. dark. I mean, yeah. But I think even more than, it's yeah. very drastic. Anyway, I it is a great book. So what's your favorite thing? So I have been really into, which is, I can't even believe I'm going to say this publicly, because <laughs> Shira knows how much I hate, I don't even know what the word is, but it's like pyramid schemes. Ponzi schemes? But they're not pyramid schemes, but Multi-level they're. marketing? Multi-level It's marketing. like when you're trying to sell those parties. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, yeah. don't do any selling at parties or anything like that, but James, you already know this too. James um, is a... Do Terra, I don't know. He can buy it 
He's a rep, like a vendor. Right? Yeah, a rep. But he doesn't sell it. He doesn't sell it. We buy it. Um, yeah. And I seriously have recently started using it for health benefits. One is for, um, you can use one for PMS, or it's called Women's Blend. It's Clary Calm. And I got it last month for the first time. It is so amazing. It actually works. And then I asked my doctor if she, because she uses them, what if she had another recommendation for stress. And so she recommended this other one, Past Tense. And I just got it uh, two days ago. And it's awesome. It, like, you, you're supposed to put it on your temples and the back of your neck, and it sends off like a tingle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's I I really love this stuff, and I can't even believe that I'm saying. I have this, so I call, and I have them, but I call them I call oils like that monster spray for grownups. What's so have you ever heard spray? about monster spray? Like you can go like they they say, oh, if your kids are afraid of monsters in the closet, take an old spray bottle and make a sticker that says monster spray and just spray for monsters every night and it protects them. So I have some of the oils. I actually got them because I get really dry and like I can hear I'm dry right now in the winter. So I actually have one next to my bed and I use like a mini humidifier. But one of my daughters was feeling really stressed out about stuff. I was like, oh, you should try this. And so I made this big deal of like, oh, we'll get you one. It's supposed to, this is like really going to help you calm down. And now she's like, oh, I need some of that. Like totally helps. So yeah, I, I don't necessarily, I think they're kind of, uh, kind of bunk. I don't, I think a lot of it is just like, okay, I, because I told you you're going to not be stressed out. Now you're not stressed out because I told you this magic pill is going to help. So, so I have, well, one. I mean, there is, there's quite a bit of research on aromatherapy actually. So, I mean, I do agree with you about placebo effect, yeah. but I wouldn't say that but there, I, but then, there's so no then evidence well, to support But then I'm part them. of this group, and they'll be like, I broke my arm. Well, What's yeah, I mean, within reason. Healing, and yeah. I'm like, a cast, a cast. Plasters are really <laughs> yeah, good yeah, oil yeah. for Surgery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like this past tense stuff I got, this couldn't help someone with a severe anxiety right. disorder. This is just like me and so stressed I out this, like, I have one work. in my office, too, and you really shouldn't have them in your office, but the way my office is is that my office is a private office, behind a door, behind a conference, private conference room, behind a door in another office. Like, it's so far away. If I was in a public office, I probably wouldn't do it. And I, even then, I my coworker who's in that suite, I said when he started, I said, by the way, if you don't like this, I will take it home. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, no, I love it. It's great. So he's on board because I do think uh. that some people can be really, some people are really scent sensitive. But um, oh, I totally have so I like it at my office and I love yeah. it. But your I office is also a private that. office. It's at the end of the hall. It's not, you, you know... I visited Kelly at her office today, though, and I walked out the elevator. I go, oh, I think Kelly has aromatherapy going. (laughs) (laughs) So so I I had just moved up like five people with the past tense, and they were all like, ooh, ooh, that does have a nice tingle. I got to give you some before you leave. The um and then so my favorite thing this week is gonna be find my friends, which is an app on your phone, and nobody seems to like really know about this. I keep telling people about it who have iPhones, and I finally made all of my. Like, Dave and I had iPhones, and my parents had Androids, and then I made them get iPhones. And my sister has an iPhone, simply, honestly, because of Find My Friends. So my parents travel a ton, and I would be like, where are they? And I'd call, and they'd be like, oh, no, we're in New Mexico, driving to Texas. I'm like, okay, whatever. So with Find My Friends, you can share your location with others, and they can share your location with you, and you can pull it up and see exactly where everyone is. And so today, I actually was texting Kelly, and I texted her, and I said oh my God, my parents are coming to take me for lunch and I am starving. But thanks to find my friends, I know they're only like 20 minutes away. And my mom texted like 10 minutes later and she was like, okay, so we'll meet you at the restaurant. I assume you're tracking us. And I was like, yes, I You am. can see it. Have you ever tried it? No, Try but it? I want to do it. So you could 
like if I lose my phone, yeah. then if my husband, if I've already shared with him, he can find my phone. He can find your phone. I can tell, like, um, how, it, how it tracks close. you in real time. We, James and I were doing it in the house, and he was just a couple houses down, and you could see the little dot. So it's you. an app I should download on my it's iPhone? It's an app you already have. You already have it. You, you just have to sync it up. on the phone. And I, I think there's ones for Android, too, but I use this. So I can look and see. So I know that my daughters are doing this Girl Scout thing, so I can see Ingrid's phone is over and Brewer at the Girl Scout thing. Um, my mom is Show over at Sugarloaf. Show my her. sister is at school. Show her what the map so. looks like. Here, I have to zoom in. It's really cool. I mean, if you want to have that level of so I can see where everybody is. Oh my gosh, it has our picture too. <laughs> well, I put the picture in, but I can see. So like, gosh, they know everything about us. Yeah. And my friend. So when I, when my best friend was, um, she lives in Florida, and when Irma was coming, she had to evacuate, and she was like, I don't know where we're gonna go because we have pets, and I can't find a shelter. And so I was like, Give me find your friends, and if you find you need to find a shelter, I'll know where you are, and I'll just look for one for. And she ended up finding, getting up. Um, I'm in your basement, so it's not pulling up the map, but she ended up finding shelter at a friend's house in a, another state so it worked out but I was like no I'll track you and then I'll know where you are so if anything happens I know if I see you floating out in the sea so sometimes it can sort of like when Dave's coming home from work it will sometimes show him as in the middle of the river so you just have to like trust that whoever you're looking at is actually not in the middle of the river although my dad will be in the middle of the lake all the time fishing so I love it and I can tell when it's a stormy night and I'm or if it's if I'm driving to Sugarloaf with the girls and it's been snowing the day before Dave doesn't have to text to be like, are you there yet? Is there everything okay? He doesn't have to worry about it. He can look and be like, oh, yep, she's making good time. There she is. There she is. And if we ever didn't show up at Sugarloaf, he could pull it up and be like, well, the last place that shows is that she's in a ditch near Skowhegan, so go find her. So I love it for, it definitely, if you don't have a relationship where you trust your partner all the time, then that would definitely be an issue. <laughs> they don't do find my friends. Where's yeah. domestic violence stalking is what we yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but for us, it's really just, I don't want to call you and make you reach over and pick up your phone and cause the accident. I just want to know that you're okay. One time there was an accident on Dave's commute, and instead of calling him, I just pulled him up and found my friends and saw, nope, he was at work. And later he said, yeah, that happened right in front of me, because I knew the timing would have been near it, but I didn't have to call him and have him be part of the accident, too. So I love Find My Friends, which is available on your iPhone, and it's already there. If you just search Find My Friends, you can set it up. You sold me. I'm doing it as soon as I leave. awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook and you can email us at balancingchaospodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at balancing underscore chaos. We're everywhere. You can listen to us on Stitcher and iTunes and Podbean. And we hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.